Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Popcorn Hangover. I'm Anna. And I'm John. And this week we will be doing a new movie. Yay! Our second new movie of the podcast. We'll be doing The King of Staten Island starring Pete Davidson, which just came out this past week. Yes. So uh, before we get into that, Anna, do you want to go through what you've been doing this week? I really haven't been doing much. I did get to go shopping today at a mall, so that was really fun, but I don't feel like I have much to report on. We we are now actually, if you haven't uh, noticed, because the sound quality is a lot better, John and I are in the same room. Uh, we're able to record again together, so that's really exciting and easier and better. <laughs> yeah, Makes it's definitely easier, if for no other reason than just the movie watching process, yes. where we're not FaceTiming while watching yeah. the movie. <laughs> so that's nice, but... Kind of like you, Anna, I really haven't done that much this week. I know last week I promised I was going to finish Space Force. I was, I have not happen. watched one episode, yeah. I, I've had like four or five shows that I've said that I was going to finish. It's just like every time I go to... I mean, I watch a lot of cable TV, so, you know, I I have watched those shows. Like, yeah. all the stuff that... I, like, I watch America's Got Talent and, you know, just stuff like that. But every time I go to watch Netflix or, like, anything, like, you know, just turn on a streaming service, I don't really want to pay attention all that much. Mm -hmm. I'll, like, be doing other things. And so I just put on The Office because it's just easier not to pay attention. So I really have not been in a binging mood. And I really was a month ago, a month or two ago, but now I'm not. I kind of go in and out, I always feel like. Yeah, I think that the longer we're going without new shows being released, really, it's harder for me to get motivated to watch but, like, there are shows I want to watch. I just haven't had the motivation to want to start them. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I mean, because I guess, like, Space Force is a new show. I just... Yeah, we haven't finished Dead to Me either, and I Ugh. haven't started Upload, and you have so many other things I, to I tweeted. I tweeted today, so people will be able to figure out when we actually record now based off this, but I tweeted that I, I finally have to finish The Good Place, which I know I've talked about before. It's not that I don't want to, it's just I haven't. Yeah, sometimes so, it's just, it's like a chore almost, because you know it's like you want to do it, but it sometimes feels like it's a lot to do. Well, and I also feel sometimes it's easier to just watch something you've seen before, because like you said, when you throw in the office, it's just background noise. Yeah. You're not like actively watching it. I guess I did watch this weekend with my mom and sister. Neither of them had seen any of these movies. I watched Joker and the Lego Batman movie, and they mm -hmm. both liked both of them. But it's You're like, on a like... DC comic well, phase right it's now. It's because they're on HBO Max, which I guess we can use to segue into news. So there's really three news items. The first is that, and we've been trying to figure this out, HBO Max is removing like all of their DC content on July 1st. And they have not said why? They've said, they put out a press release that said that they're, they are going to cycle through content and try to keep the experience fresh for people. But, but it just got released. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, a big draw of this is that we have Batman and we have and Justice League. And what about the Snyder Cut? This... Didn't they say that was going to happen? Yeah, that's coming, but that's not till 2021. Oh. But 
there's it's I've been trying to figure out like what HBO Max is doing because I'm a big fan of the service, but I don't know. It's weird. So yeah, I've been on a little bit of a DC kick, but it's kind of like I'm gonna have nowhere to stream them come next month. Yeah. So that's kind of lame. But on kind of more, I guess forward looking news, the big like the really big news out of actual like movie theaters this week is that Tenet is going to be pushed back by two weeks. Mm-hmm. So it originally was going to come out July 17th and now it's coming out July 31st. But what's interesting, instead of like a new movie filling into the slot, is that Christopher Nolan and I think it's a Warner Brothers film, but don't quote me on that, they're going to re-release Inception in that July 17th slot. So if a movie theater is open near you, you'll be able yeah, to like go... Yeah, like, how does that work? So, yeah, so that's basically they're just re-releasing it for whatever movie well, theaters or drive-in movie theaters that basically, are Basically, but what's going to draw people to go see it is that there's going to be an extended preview before of Tenet. Oh. So, I think they said it's going to be between, like, five and eight minutes of stuff that's never been released online before. So... I can wait a month. I mean, you'd be waiting two weeks. Oh, it's two weeks. Yeah, yeah it was 17 to... The I'd still... I'd wait a month. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I feel like that's just dumb. I don't, I'll probably see it, but mainly because I want to go to a movie theater and, like, have some popcorn. And I like Inception, so I'll see we'll it again. See, we'll see if the theaters are open. Well, I mean, the thing is, if the theaters aren't open at that point, then Tenet's not getting released. True. At, at the end of July. I think that... I think they're going to use that as a test run and see, you know... 40% of people came yeah, and we sold out 25% of the theater. I, I don't know how that's going to work, but I kind of get it from their perspective, like do something that there's not really risk involved because they don't need it to make money. Yeah. But yeah. So there wasn't really much news in terms of theater stuff this week. Oh, I guess Bill and Ted 3 is coming out in August. Yeah. Which is really fun. Yeah. The trailer looked kind of eh, but... But it, it's, I don't think that the point is to make a good movie. I think it's just more for the nostalgia and the fun of it. And it's like yeah. hilarious that Keanu Reeves is going to do this. And I th- think that both them are going to do this. It's crazy because he's like a big action star yeah. now because of John Wick. And he's going to go back to this kind of goofy Yeah, thing. that's why but, I think it's fun. Yeah, but I'm cool with that because I love, I love Keanu Reeves. He's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, But well, yeah, I think it's time that we get into talking about a movie that we've actually seen yes i guess well yeah let's move on and we this week we decided to do the king of staten island because it is a new movie just released and we did have to pay for it 20 it's 20 dollars uh to rent for this release but we kind of just thought it would be a fun time to do another new movie and also we were both really excited about this movie i really love pete davidson from Saturday Night Live, and so I was excited to watch this movie, especially because it's loosely based on his life. So mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a fun... I mean, it is a fun movie. We can tell you that. Like, I think yeah. it was really enjoyable, and I like most, you know, Judd Apatow movies, so it was yeah. really good. And it's also... um, Don't quote me on this. So if you're listening and you don't want to pay for it just yet, I think it's going to follow the Trolls model, where I think that it was VOD rental only for, like, two or three weeks, and then it goes to Prime Video. Mm. So... If you're kind of on the fence and you say, oh, I don't want to pay for it now, um, just wait a few weeks and then it'll be available, I think, on Prime. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was worth it for us because we had four, my parents watched it with us. Yeah. So we were, I was kind of like, oh, like, 
$20. This is like paying $5 per movie ticket if we're, you know, going to see it somewhere. So I don't think it's that bad for a movie if you really want to see it and yeah. you don't mind. But, you know, maybe call call up a couple friends, make some popcorn or have some drinks. Just make a movie <laughs> night of it because it's there fun. You go. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, yeah. So, John, do you want to give like a short little synopsis about some, you know, facts about the film? Yeah, so this is a pretty easy synopsis because if you've seen the trailer, you kind of know everything that this movie is about. Um, But also, too, because it's so new, there's not, like, box office stuff. So, as Anna said, the movie is loosely based on Pete Davidson's life growing up in Staten Island. Um, If you've seen a Judd Apatow movie, it kind of fits the mold of his films where it has an unconventional protagonist. And if you know anything about Pete Davidson, you know that he's very unconventional. Um... It just released last week, direct-to-video on demand, and it has a pretty big cast for being, it's not an indie movie, but not a big-budget movie. Uh, It stars Pete Davidson, comedian Bill Burr, Marissa Tomei, Steve Buscemi, and then there's a large cast of other people that show up that you might not know their names off the top of their head, but you, you say, oh, I know that person from wherever. So an interesting thing about this movie is that it made news last week and the fact that it was supposed to release also to drive in movie theaters. But, and they haven't given a reason for it yet, but it was pulled from all of those drive-ins that it was supposed to release at. So, um, I don't know, that's just an interesting little tidbit. But while we don't really have any commercial numbers to go off of for how it's doing because there's no box office, it has been liked by critics with a 71% Rotten Tomatoes score, and it has a pretty high audience score of 90%. So... People generally like this movie. It does well. Um, it kind of fits with the realm of Judd Apatow movies where critics are a little lower and audiences really like it. So, I feel like that's a good that's a good critic score for a comedy. Yeah, because com- comedy is really subjective. And comedy gets hammered by critics typically. Yeah. So. I feel like my initial thoughts for this movie is that there was a great... It was a great performance by Pete Davidson. And obviously it's about his life, but so it is about like he's just playing himself. But there was just a lot of like, good, I don't know what the word is. Like you could just like feel his soul in the movie. And that even though it wasn't completely like, you know, accurate to his life, you just got to know exactly like more about him. And if you don't really know him yeah. very well, that it's kind of like you felt like you were in, you were in there. Well, you could tell that so this script wasn't written just by Judd it was written also by Pete Davidson and you could tell that he put a lot of like you said his heart and soul into it because I don't think a movie written I don't think this movie if a different person played the lead part well, if it does as well and it's such a the thing is I mean obviously there's other movies where people where parents die and stuff but it is a comedy that's about such a heavy subject yeah I mean, his dad is dead, and it's like, I mean, it's kind of like him coping with grief to a degree, and like reopening Getting his shit together, yeah. yeah. And I, I, like I said, I just don't think it works if you put, like, I don't even know who else you could put in this role. No. But the personal attachment really does. I think my initial thoughts are that it felt like it was really good, there was a lot of heart. There were parts of the movie that were a little slow for me. Yeah, I, it was a long movie for... Yeah. It, for it, Yeah, I think there was some ways that they could have sped it up a bit. Um, well, it's it's crazy because the last hour 
felt so fast because there's a point in the movie and I don't I don't know like what scene it was, but there's a point where like a, a switch flips and you're like, oh my God, I could watch another hour of this. Yeah. But there's parts that just drag and really didn't think, seem to make any sense. Yeah. I think they took a lot of time to set up. Number one, they set up, they were setting up the plot and setting up what his life was like and what, you know, but then they also were trying to get these little comedy sketches in there. Like, yeah, I felt like there were certain times he was having conversations with his friends or having conversations that it that it was just these it was just a way to get another comedy sketch in there yeah. or just or bring a point home that it maybe wasn't needed or that they could have put it somewhere else. Yeah, and and I think you're right because there were a lot of like kind of one-off jokes that on their own were really funny, mm-hmm. but they would design a 5-minute scene around it. Yes. And it's like cool the joke was good, but the payoff wasn't worth that extra 5 minutes. Yeah. And that would be probably my only complaint about the movie. Yeah, I think that is my only complaint as well. I think it was very well done. Uh, do you want to just get into the plot and just talk about, you know, our favorite parts and yeah. things about it? I mean, why don't we why don't we start with just a super general and okay. then we can just we can just say like I like this scene or I like that scene. Cool. Yeah. So I'll we can just give like an you mean like an overall just a quick overview of what happens throughout the film. Yeah, just be like Part A happens, B, C. Okay, and then we'll talk about everything else. Yeah, then we'll just pick out scenes because I don't know anyone's names. (laughs) I kind of do. Okay, so Pete Davidson, a.k.a. Scott, he, the first scene we see is with him with his friends and they're just smoking pot in a basement, hanging out. They never go anywhere. And that's kind of all you need to know about them. Like, they're just deadbeat 20-year-old, like, 24-year-olds that do nothing. And... Then you also find out that he wants to be, that Scott wants to be a tattoo artist, but his tattoos always come out a little wrong. Like, he can never get the eyes right, or, like, the face is completely right. Yeah, and you don't see it in this first scene, but later you see his Barack Obama, and it is horrible. <laughs> he's like, the, the guy he did, and he's like, the black community won't take me anymore, I can't go get my barbershop anymore. <laughs> so... Then you also find out he's kind of in this weird, which I think what was cool about this movie, so he's 24, which is the age that John and I both are, and he's actually 20, he's, in real life he's 26, so he's not off, real off from what his real age is, but what I liked so much about this movie is it was so true to how, you know, how things are for, like, for our generation right now. Not right now during quarantine, but in general with relationships and being an adult. Because the whole part, the whole point of this movie is that he's just like trying to figure out how to be an adult, and and he has had a like you know messed up past, and he yeah. he's messed up in the head. Like he feels well, like he's crazy. And I think they really nailed that like living at home dynamic. Yes. And granted, even though he dropped out of high school and didn't go to college, and it's a little different for us. He, they nailed the fact that, like, you know, you're a kid, but you're an adult, and, like, I don't, the scene, jumping ahead, when he gets kicked out of his house is so funny, because he's just like, oh, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> like, where am I gonna go? Or she, he's like, okay, you're kicking me out. Uh, they're a different scene. When he, when she actually kicks him out, she actually kicks him out, but then she's like, you have nine months to find an apartment. He's like, so you're kicking me out? And she's like, no, I'm giving you an opportunity to find somewhere else to live. And she's like, yes, yeah, so you're kicking me out. <laughs> but... And I also love when he says to her, so his little sister goes off to 
graduates high school and goes off to college and moves away and then his mother is crying and he goes and he's like I'm still here mom I'll be here and I feel like that's what you always say to your parents you're like I'm still here don't worry I'm here and it's like they don't really want you here yeah it's like she just wants him to move on well she wants him she's kind of like I want you here because I don't want you to freaking die because I feel like you'll die on your own but because he doesn't have a job he's like a deadbeat like he doesn't do anything all he cares about is his the only thing that he has any kind of passion in is his tattoo artistry. Yeah. Uh, where was I? So. Oh, wait. Sorry. He's in this. He's in this relationship. Yeah. You know, this on again, off again. He doesn't want to define it relationship with this girl, Kelsey, that he's known since he was 10. So I just I sometimes feel like the movies do portray like. I don't know. Real. Um, obviously we were, we are in like a hookup culture and we don't, and our, we don't like labels people that are our age and like hate saying like, Oh yeah, I like, you know, admitting your feelings or calling someone your girlfriend or boyfriend. And so I think that was good, but I think sometimes they're always like, they make it seem like you're jumping from person to person to person all the time. Like that's what all of it is about. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this was such a more, like, I felt like it was such a relatable relationship because that's how like a lot of people I feel like are in our like age group Mm -hmm. are in these relationships where it's kind of like you're with this person and but you don't want to admit that you really have feelings that you really really want to be together you're just kind of like oh yeah we're just keeping it casual but you aren't yeah exactly (laughs) she has a great line when when she's like you didn't invite me to your sister's graduation party it's a life moment it's an important life event and he's like I didn't even know that that was a life (laughs) event I didn't know you wanted to be Around, I I wish I remembered the line off the top of my head. Yeah. We just watched this movie, and it's like it's very fresh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. It's they got a lot of these weird, complicated parts of life really down pat. That yeah, you don't you just don't see reflected in movies because it's either that you have a relationship that's like you guys scream at each other all the time, and but you're you're dating like your your boyfriend and girlfriend or husband and wife, and you're dating. Or you're just friends with benefits, but not even the friends part. It's like, I, I don't know. I agree with you. That's <laughs> okay. the short, that's a short way. Um, and then you kind of see his relationship with his sister and his mother. And basically he's like, he just has no self-esteem. He doesn't feel like he's going anywhere in life. And his father died. His father was a firefighter and died in a hotel fire. He saved two people. And went in there before the line. And that really... He died when he was seven. And it really messed him up. And it was really hard for him. And which kind of led to him dropping out of school. And all these things. Which is very similar to Pete Davidson's actual life. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And I think the big... The main center around this plot is that he is giving tat he's hot he's high and he's giving tattoo to his friend and this kid walks like they're in the woods but okay they say they're in the woods they're on a beach i don't know it's staten island no one understands staten island but this kid walks up and they're high as hell and like yo kid you wanna you wanna tattoo you wanna be our friend he's like yeah i want a tattoo i want the punisher and so like, the, literally the whole time, the one guy that's their friend, he's like, no, he's 10, he can't consent. Yeah, Igor. Yeah. He's like, he can't consent. He's like, okay, man, you good with this? Like, are you sure? Like, legally, can I do this? And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll get a tattoo, whatever. The kid is nine years old. And so then, 
he starts getting the tattoo. He gets like one line down and the kid starts like screaming, crying, like runs away. And he's like, oh man, like I thought you were a tough one. (laughs) Later that day, the dad comes with the son and is screaming at the mom, you know, screaming at Margie, his mom, screaming at him that he's an idiot, that like, like you're a, you're a (laughs) middle-aged He, I love it when he says, you're, you're a middle-aged son that lives at home. And then he's like, and then Margie says, go to your room. And he said, for the record, I'm not a middle-aged man. I'm 24 and I'm going to go to my room because I want to, not because I have to, (laughs) which is such a, like, that's the thing is like your parents, when you live at home, like your parents, you still have to do what your parents say. And like, you can like get in trouble, but then you're kind of like, no, I'm an adult though. Like, yeah, exactly. No, I'm not staying home because my parents told me to. I'm staying home because... They said it would be a good idea. <laughs> like, something like that, you know? Yeah. I related so much to that. Uh, <laughs> so, then, because of that, uh, what is what is his name? Uh, it's Bill Burr is the actor, I but know. I don't know what... Bobby? No, Ray. Oh, Ray. So, because of that, Ray comes... The, the father of the son... Um, his name is Ray. He comes back and he actually, he, to apo- he comes back to apologize to Margie and they actually start a relationship. So, and that's what a, the big chunk of this has to do with is the fact that at first, uh, Scott does not approve this relationship and wants to break them up because he's a firefighter and he thinks he's trying to replace his the image of his father or like doesn't think he's right for her and he's really he doesn't think that he that Ray likes him and he keeps pushing Scott to get his act together basically and Scott doesn't like that yeah and his big issue too wasn't that his mom was dating again but that it was he was the exact same thing that his dad died of that was and I mean the fact that too Ray had screamed at him because Scott tattooed his yeah, son he's like, he's like oh that prick <laughs> but I did think it was like an emotional moment when he found out he's like, oh yeah, she's like, and he's a firefighter. Like it's a good thing. And it's funny because he does, you know, Scott's dad died a hero, but in Scott's eyes, like his father is a hero, but also he abandoned him because, you know, he, he died He died, and he went to work and he's like, you know, like what are you going to do? Make another shrine right across from him and they can be best friends because, you know, best friends with dad because he dies too in a fire. And he says like, you know, firefighters shouldn't have children because it shouldn't be allowed to have children because they're going to die someday and leave them all alone. So it was a very telling scene. You know, you think you, you would think that they would all, the children of firefighters that are heroes would think like, Oh yeah, like my father's a hero. Like, I mean, obviously, it's it's hard, but I also just never really thought of it being kind of like, no, I hate this profession. Yeah, and I think what was interesting, because we're going to dive into a couple scenes later, but it's really interesting how Scott has these throwaway lines throughout the movie where, like, he tells um, Ray's son to kiss Ray's daughter, and he's like, say you love her because you don't know if she's going to come home tomorrow. And she's it's, gonna, No, she's going to die tomorrow. Yeah, he says, if you're going to yeah. die. It's like and stuff, then she goes, why would I die tomorrow? And he's like, I don't know. Shit happens. Like, yeah. you might, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But it's crazy that he has these little things that aren't jokes. You can tell they're so deeply seated into him because of the fact that he was abandoned by his dad dying. 
and it's crazy because it's it's like subliminal because you can tell that he doesn't realize how messed up what he's saying is yeah and that's what his sis his little sister constantly says throughout the movie he's like you make people like crazy and like I worry about you all the time. He's like, we don't have to worry about me. I'm fine. He's like, well, I'm worried you're going to die every day. You're going to do something stupid. And he's like, or what's the, th- oh yeah, what's the thing? He's like, she's like, he's like, I could die tomorrow. Yeah. She was, I'm wor- sorry. She says, I'm worried you're going to do something and you're going to hurt yourself. He's like, I could probably hurt myself. I'm probably the most reasonable well, no, person to hurt myself. And, and then so she he's says, joking, but, but like, you know. Yeah, but know. then she says how? And he's like, I don't know. I'm still working on that. Yeah. <laughs> What I liked about it is they just handled this, me- like, you can tell, like, you can tell he's depressed and probably suicidal, which Pete Davidson has admitted to, and it was kind of cool because it mirrored his stand-up, where he does talk about his suicidal thoughts and and his father dying in 9-11, for real, in his stand-up, but they did it the same way, where it's not this depressing thing, like, oh, yeah, I'm depressed and I'm suicidal, it's more so you saw it, like you said, on this very subtle level well, and it's it's that like you can see so, his he's so like everything's a joke with him so he says everything and you hear the words and you're like okay that's very dark but the way he says it and kind of how charming he is yeah you don't ever think like you never think he's gonna hurt himself you never think you don't look at him and be like that's a guy that's depressed because he looks of, like a crackhead but oh my god when they call him a an anorexic panda that's one of the f- <laughs> oh, yeah the, the girl kelsey she's <laughs> she she tries to make him jealous by going to the place he works with, like a dj and she's like you look awful your skin looks translucent i mean you always look like a crackhead but like your skin even looks worse and she's like you just look like a what did you say an anorexic, an anorexic panda, panda. <laughs> and yeah but kind of moving on i forget where we were at Oh, he doesn't think that Ray is a good guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, this all boils down to the fact that he... The the movie revolves around the tension between Ray and Scott. Which comes to a huge breaking point when Scott actually walks... So, like John said, he walks uh, Ray's children to school every day, which was kind of... No, I don't think it was unneeded. I think it did come to fruition, I love those scenes, and I don't think we needed as many of them, but I think those scenes were ones I, like, wanted more of. I don't think... So when I think of scenes that could have been cut, I don't think any of those walking scenes yeah. were them, because, like, the line when he first drops the daughter off at preschool, and the teacher's like, oh, do you know this man? And the girl's like, kind of. He's a new friend. <laughs> He's a new and she's like, I swear, I'm not weird. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's so... Like, it's so pure. Yes. I think that I'm glad that those were in the movie. Yeah. But he, you know, so he goes to his ex to, to raise his ex-wife wife. and tries to get all the dirt he can on him so he can ruin their relationship and ends up telling all of the things that he hears from her to his mom, which are true, but not, but you know, it's also like the worst. He said, like, that's the worst things you can hear about a person is from the person that hates me most. You should have talked to people that actually like me. Like at his firehouse. Yes. Because... For, for context, what he tells them is that, or what his ex-wife tells Scott is that he lost all of their money gambling. He doesn't want, he doesn't want to be a full-time father. He doesn't want to be a full-time father and that he's homeless. He lives at his firehouse. And we'll find out later, because I think that, that was one of the best jokes of the film, like, that that's not entirely true. <laughs> and we'll say why. Yeah, but technically. Like, like Anna said, Scott went and told... Margie. His, Margie, his mom. 
and this leads to them having this fight in Scott's backyard, which... Which becomes the breaking point. His mom walks in and is like, both of you out of the house. I'm not dealing with either of you. Yeah. Scott becomes basically homeless because he has nowhere to go. His friends are in jail because they're idiots oh and tried God. to rob a drugstore. That scene was horrific. Like, I think that maybe didn't... I don't know. I feel like there was nothing that came out of it too much. It was literally just to set up that joke that Igor's catfish relationship was real. Was real. I mean, it, I think it kind of showed his, like, he hit rock bottom. Like, he's like, fine, I'll just do whatever. I don't care. But, and he did some, like, bad shit. But he still did worse because that's when he went and he told his mom about all this stuff. Yeah. But he is basically homeless. He has nowhere really to go. He goes to Kelsey's, but it's just a booty call. And she's like, I'm not doing, like... Well, she That's... tells him, she thinks that he, you, that he gave her sex so that she would let him live there. Which and is basically what he did. Basically. And, and she's, she doesn't say this, but she just doesn't want to be used. Yeah. And so then he goes to the firehouse because that's the only place he knows to go. And also he tells Ray, he's like, well, if you're not nice to me, my mom's never get back together with you. And he's <laughs> like, so you're going to play that card? And he's like, well, it's the best card I got. And thankfully, he's welcomed in because, um, well, partly because Ray and the mom thing, but also partly, too, because we learn later that some of the firemen there knew his dad, and they knew that Scott wasn't actually a bad kid. Yeah. So that is kind of where he turns his life around. He, you know, learns how to be um, a person with responsibilities, with, you know, wanting to keep his life in order, and... I thought what was great about it was I kept thinking, like, from the commercials, I thought maybe he was going to go at the end and, like, take the firefighter test or something. I thought that, too. But I think it was nice because it was, like, he doesn't need to be his dad, but it was good for him to understand, like, how his dad lived. Well, and what I really like, too, is that towards the very end of the movie, when the firemen are actually telling him, like, what his dad was really like, and Scott sees that his dad was, like, way more like him than he ever realized because his dad died when he was so young. Well, and, like, yeah, when he's talking to his mom, I think that's such a great scene when he's saying, like, you never told me these stories about him being crazy or funny or or anything. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, he was out of control. He wasn't he wasn't always, like, the best person, but, but he had a kind heart. Yeah. And he was hilarious. Maybe been the thing that even messed up Scott even more was that Number one, his dad died when he was seven, but then also every story he heard of his dad was that he was such a good person. He's a hero. He that did he all an of angel. this. And he, and the problem is obviously Scott has some, men, like he's mentally has some, some he, trauma, trauma, and he doesn't think, that, he doesn't think he's normal. He thinks he's crazy. Yeah. So to think that, okay, well I'm the crazy one. No one else is crazy. And to kind of find out that his dad also struggled with those kinds of things helped a lot too. Yeah. And I think, like, just rounding out the movie before we dive into the things we really, that stuck out, um, after this kind of turning his life around, um, Ray is welcomed back into his house, or sorry, not Ray, Scott is welcomed back into the house, Ray gets back together with Margie, everything is good. Well, also, he lets, he lets Scott... Uh, Ray lets Scott do a tattoo on his back. Oh my god. Which I thought was gonna be like really good and then it really oh. wasn't. But I'm kind of glad that it wasn't good because it's more along the lines that like Ray 
trust him. Trust him, him, yeah. And that he doesn't really care. I mean, he probably does care, but... No, I think he... I think it's a nice thing to kind of just... That Ray, yeah, does believe in him and lets him... You know, he's taking him in. Yeah. But at the end of the movie, all is well. Um, Ray... Or not Ray, sorry. Scott gets together officially with... Is it Kelsey or Chelsea? Kelsey. With Kelsey and is kind of there as this emotional support while she takes her city clerk's test. Um, but yeah, it's a, it ended on a real... And he looks at the, the sky of Manhattan kind of, you know, you're kind of, he's just like kind of wondering what, where, what's else is out yeah. there for his life. Yeah. But so now that we've kind of gone through the movie, do we want to talk about the scenes or like lines that we really enjoyed? Cause I know that there were a few. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Well, they didn't even need to talk about this as much, but Pete Davidson has Crohn's and he's struggled with it for like, mo- for you know, most of his most life. Most of his life, yeah. And, <laughs> and they're at this, number one, Ray is a Yankees fan, but a Yankees Staten Island fan. Because he's a Red Sox fan in reality. In reality. But he's like, it's going to be Staten Island's year. It's like, who cares about minor league? It's so funny because all the guys from the firehouse all have season tickets. It is, that's an absurd scene, but like you were saying about Crohn's. So there, they, someone asks him, Steve Buscemi asks him if he wants a hot dog. He goes, no, thank you. And he's like, are you sure? And he goes, no, I have Crohn's. He's like, oh, what's that? He's like, you know, when your stomach lining is really like thinner than normal, like super thin and you know, what does he say? And he's like, he, and you shit your brains out all the time? I, think I don't even know. he says, like, eating the wrong things make you shit uncontrollably yeah. or something. And then Ray is like, okay, nice time to say you don't want, you just don't want a hot dog. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just trying to create. <laughs> he's like, sorry, I'm just trying to spread awareness. <laughs> I think another thing that we noticed from that game, I know Anna did at least, there's a guy with, like, a mustache and Anna, like, kind of gasped because she realized who it was. And it's Jimmy Tatro. Yeah. I legit did not know it was him at first. And then when, I didn't he, either. when he opened up his mouth, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> this movie had a lot of people that were kind of, like, random in it that were just very good to see. I mean, I knew Steve Buscemi was in it from the trailers. Mm-hmm. But for a movie that was kind of small like this, I was kind of surprised that he was in it. Yeah. Which, a fun fact, he was a firefighter in real life. Before an actor. Oh. And he quit acting for like nine months when 9-11 happened to go back and volunteer in New York. That's really nice. Yeah. He's supposed to be a really good guy in Hollywood. That's just my random Steve Buscemi fact. But <laughs> let's talk about other scenes that we liked. Yeah. I think most of my... I think there were some great like jokes in the beginning, but I do agree with you. The second half of the movie is the best part because all of the scenes with the... I mean, I think the college party scene, like, is funny. Oh, that was really funny. Like, hilarious and all this stuff that he's like, yeah, I finally felt normal for once. Yeah. And it was funny, like, him talking to people. But I do think the best scenes are him when he's in the firehouse. Like, those are the funniest scenes and, like, the most heartwarming scenes at the same time. I love when they're they're teaching him, like, how to <laughs> clean stuff and the guy's teaching him how to do the laundry. He's like, <laughs> hot water, hot. Not just warm, hot, because of the bed bugs. And then he's like... then. <laughs> Scott's like, what are bed bugs? He's like, they're insects that come into your home and drive you out. <laughs> You're right. And and he said, I love the line that that firefighter had. He's like, the bed bugs, eventually your wife leaves, your parents leave. No, no one will wanna... visit you anymore. And you know who's there for you? Ironically <laughs> enough, the, the bed, bed bugs. bugs. <laughs> it's such a funny... 
that's like it's just so random it's like these random little things that you're like okay i could have seen an entire movie of just them at the firehouse yes. like messing with him yeah they kept like yeah that was so funny and then the and then like one of my other favorite scenes is so when they're at i think the best like series of scenes are when they're at the bar and they're telling him about his father. Yeah. And then, I mean, this was in the trailer, so this is, like, what, one of the things that made me want to see this movie so bad is because when they're singing, what even is that song called? I don't, I don't know what that song is but called. But it's in so many movies. But... Uh, I think it's... It's, like, One uh, Headlight. Oh, yeah, I think it's with One Headlight. I don't know. But they're in the bar, and they're all drunk, and they're singing, like, come on, try a little, nothing less forever. But they're doing the thing where they're just it's like, like no, 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 Yeah, it's, it's one headlight by the wallflowers. And then, It's so funny. And you just, like, see. And what I think what's so good about that that scene is, like, you just see the pure joy in his face that you, never, you have not seen in that movie once. Yes. And that he is happy and that he feels like he belongs. Another thing is, I just think, sorry, what I just keep imagining what's so good about this movie is just every, it's just so subtle, the things that you see that he has, he struggles with and that how he evolves. Like in the beginning, his sister says, like, don't just sit in the corner. Like it's creepy when you sit in the corner. He's like, well, there's some people that dance at parties and there's some people that sit in the corner. Why is it creepy that I sit in the corner? And he just doesn't, and he says at the college party that he never felt like he belong. He doesn't feel like he belongs. Mm-hmm. And so I think this was kind of his moment to be like, oh, I feel like I belong. I can be the person that's having fun at a party. Yes. Um, I don't know where to put this in, but I just want to mention it. So we said that he wants to be a tattoo artist. That's half true. He wants to open up a tattoo parlor slash restaurant, and he wants to call it Ruby Tattoos Days. (laughs) (laughs) Where you can eat and watch people get tattoos. And... I just love every time someone brings this up, they're like, that's a terrible idea. Like, Ray says a tattoo is a medical procedure. <laughs> I don't want to see someone getting, uh, getting surgery while I'm being, while I'm eating a salad. I forget the exact line, but I do love how everyone is like, that's a terrible idea. And his mom is like, well, like, it's good that he has a dream at least, which, that's yeah. That's true. But I think at one point he says it's a bad idea. Did I imagine that? I don't remember. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um... <laughs> trying to think of what other scenes i really well and then right after that scene is when they're laying in bed at the firehouse and you know him and ray are having this heart to heart and he says you know i saw the the picture you drew for my son it's really great and like i really appreciate that and then he says like is that tattoo dream girls like really real he's like well i have to practice no one let me practice on them he's like well i'll let you tattoo my back you can do whatever you want except you know, no Chinese symbols or stupid stuff, but... Yeah, he said, I don't want a recipe for orange chicken yeah. on my back. Yeah, which he does end up putting a Chinese si- symbol and a, tat- uh, and a tramp stamp and many other things that should not be on your back. Yeah, I mean, this is the worst collection of tattoos, but he does have a very heartfelt mural in the middle of it all, which is uh, Scott... Margie, Scott's sister, whose name I don't remember, and Ray. It's like a family Yeah, portrait. and then his his father and the son. Yeah. Uh, but he, but they're kind of talking, and then he says, no, I really appreciate you, man. Just, I want you to know I'm there for you. And <sighs> then, and then Scott goes, and I think that's the thing, is you see his trauma again. Yes. He's like, yeah, you know, I love you, man. Like, I think he even, he's like, 
no, I really appreciate you too. I love you, Ray. And then Ray doesn't say it, but he's like, I appreciate you saying that. And then he's like, you're not going to say it back. And he's like, no, I'm not going to say it back. He's like, what if I die tomorrow? He's like, I'm going to be one of those people that say, uh, I never said it, but, <laughs> and it was hilarious, but it's just, yeah, one of those things that he constantly refers to death. Yes. Just constantly. You know what I really, I really liked about this movie is that, you know, there's a lot of movies that show like the stepdad or like new father figure as, you know, this complete jerk and like they actually are mean, but like Ray does not have any ill wishes towards Scott. No, I think he kind of comes off at the beginning. He's like, let's do tough love. I'm just going to, yeah, he's like, you're going nowhere. And I think he doesn't make the, uh, he doesn't try to understand Scott as much as he should. But I think he learns along the way. And I yeah. think it makes him a better father, too. Yeah, to I think children. so. And it's it's crazy because this whole relationship is, like, eight months. I mean, yeah. this is not, like, they've been in each I other's mean, lives for a long time. Even at the end, when he goes to to go to the ferry and to talk to Kelsey, he's like, you know, like, be strong, man. Like, you know, yeah. confidence and just be there for her. And I think that's, like, it's great that he, you know, you really see the father figure in him Yeah, be there for Scott. Uh, so earlier we alluded to a line that I died at, and that was, Scott got info on Ray from Ray's ex-wife, and she said that, uh, you know, Ray lost all of our money gambling, and later in the movie- Oh no, but but you have to think, talk about when he's like, he's like, I did lose all, he's like, you bet on the Jets, they're never, like, that's when you know you're a bad gambler, yeah. I think he said that's the first rule of sports betting, (laughs) and you haven't learned it, don't bet on the Jets. He's like, the Jets are turn around this is gonna be their year but the the real so that was like the first payoff but the real payoff is he brings it up later in the firehouse and ray goes first off i don't gamble i day trade it's very different and <laughs> that was like the funny and then and then scott's like sorry i don't really know the difference like well you shouldn't figure it out before you told your mom <laughs> and it's just like little things like that are just i don't know it, there's a lot of charm in this movie oh i think the other thing is just seeing life in Staten Island. <laughs> That's a dump. And then I was like, imagine taking a ferry, a boat every Ugh. day to work. Like, can you imagine that? I nothing against New York, but I could never, ever live in any of these boroughs because you either have to take a ferry or a crowded train or, and granted, we live in a big city. I take public transportation to work, but it's a different animal. I, I have no desire. And even and they showed... the difference between taking a train and a boat. Yeah. Well, and they showed, like, that picture, that shot of, of uh, like, Central Park at the end. I'm like, okay, that's cool, but, you know, <laughs> I, I don't need it. <laughs> Wait, actually, one of my other favorite scenes was when he tries to get back in the house. Scott goes back after, like, living in the... Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) After living in the firehouse, like, for a little bit, he's like, yeah, I, like, learned how to clean, and I'm more disciplined now, and he walks in, his mom has redone the whole house, and his, his, uh, his aunt is there, and he's like, shut up, Joy, like, you, are you fucking kidding me, Joy? And then, (laughs) and she is like, okay, come here, I want to talk to you, and then she brings him outside and closes the door on him. I'm like, savage. So I guess uh, the one last thing I want to talk about, so just like our last movie that we did, which is already Escape, oh, Suicide Squad, this movie had a really good soundtrack. Um, it had Kid Cudi, it had, oh God. One headlight. <laughs> oh God, that was loud. Um, but one thing I noticed 
very distinctly is there Scott goes on a ride along to a fire and they're playing this really dramatic music and I'm like distracted because I'm like I know this song Mm -hmm. I know it I know it I know it and it was the theme song from the Friday Night Lights movie which is not a song that I've ever heard in another movie (laughs) not that that's relevant it was weird it took me out of this like dramatic scene that was kind of like an eye-opening thing for Scott and I'm I'm sitting there and I'm thinking of Tim McGraw like drunk kicking out a window in a car (laughs) by the way that movie's on hbo max great movie love that movie yeah i think to sum it up it was a very it was a funny movie i didn't it's not the funniest movie i've seen i wasn't i wasn't bursting out laughing i think the most i laughed was when he was ever walking with the kids there were a couple like really funny parts and then i also laughed a lot at the scene in the and also all the firefighter scenes. Like, I just think those were the best ones, and I was dying. But I think it was so surprisingly heartfelt. Yeah, I did, and not, had I did not expect so that. so much emotion and backstory packed into it. And I just think that Pete Davidson and the cast, but then also Judd Apatow, just had a great way of storytelling and making sure that this delicate subject and that, you know, this complicated subject of mm-hmm. mental illness death and grieving and also all wrapped into being a 20 something year old just trying to figure out what you're going to do in life is was very is handled very well and the story came across yeah strongly I, I agree with with everything you just said i cannot emphasize enough how surprised i was at how heartfelt it was um f- like pound for pound it had a lot of jokes in it but i don't walk away coming that this is like a comedy necessarily it's like a a drama that has a lot of comedy <laughs> in it but i don't think this movie's a comedy at all but i'm really glad we watched it because i i had a lot of yeah i would fun. say it's one, one of his more serious movies yeah and i think i've read people say that like davidson didn't do a great job acting this movie that I think is he, not true i think he did a pretty good job well that was actually we can kind of move on that was actually one of my questions was what do you think of pete davidson's first uh real acting performance i mean he has done some small roles in certain tv shows and movies and obviously he's also a regular on saturday night live but what do you think about his acting performance i think it was pretty good i mean i don't know if it's easier or harder to play a fictionalized version of yourself so Maybe that made it a little easier for him. I don't know. But... Yeah, I feel like it definitely is something... He didn't have to change his personality. He just got to yeah. be himself. I thought he was very charismatic. It was, he was a yeah. likable... A really likable character. Even though, you know, he was like a deadbeat person for most yeah. of it. And you... He's this unconventional person. I think that every relationship seemed believable to me. That he... Yeah, I think he did a really great job. Yeah, I, I I was really impressed. Yeah, and I you know I don't know how much I don't know how much acting he's gonna do going forward because I think that his wheelhouse is more stand up. Mm-hmm. But you know I would like to see him do more more acting. I mean he's not a leading man, but yeah, more dramatic. I would performances. I would like to see him pop up in some other stuff. I mean he he's like certainly funny enough to do this. Yeah, and, and like you said, I mean I think he did. Some dramatic stuff that was, like, good enough. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he'd be, like, an actual, like, a drama drama. But, like, I think no. he could be in another comedy, you know, something yeah. that has this comedic area. 
But I also feel like that's what he does so well is he, even on Saturday Night Live, he makes, like, things that he can make anybody laugh, like, for a situation that could be, you know, it's a dark thing that makes you laugh, but it's in this kind of, it's in this subtle way. Like, he can yeah. make anything subtly funny. Yeah. And so I think he does that, that's his, that's, he does that well. Yeah. So. I mean, he makes, I don't know if anyone, if you have not watched his stand-up, it's not for everyone, but I think you should all give it a try because he does this bit, one of his like best bits is where he's talking about his father and how he has a tattoo about him, about the date he died, which is 9-11. Um, and whenever he talks to girls about it, and it's hilarious. Like the thing, the fact that he can make 9-11, a joke about 9-11 funny or a joke about his dad dying funny is yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, so do you have any more questions? Yes, I have one more okay. question. Um, I kind of said mine, I think, but what is your favorite moment or scene of this movie Ooh, that's tough i think Ooh, i mean it's either this when they're singing in the bar which i wish they wouldn't have shown in the trailer i really do i think the other one would be when they're fighting in the yard and wilbur <laughs> like slams him into the pool and then he's like yeah at first and, i was and, like oh crap and i'm like also like he's probably 130 and, pounds and this is another thing i wish they wouldn't have shown in the, pounds. they wouldn't have shown in the trailer but one of the best jokes is scott was like i'm gonna tell my mom you tried to drown me <laughs> and ray's like dude you're like eight feet tall and no, you're above, in a, you're, you're an in above a, ground pool you're eight feet tall <laughs> i thought that was hysterical <laughs> yes yeah i think the bar scene is one of my favorites and then also just like the first time he picks up the kids to go walk them to school mm-hmm. is ho- is just so oh, cute and hilarious wait, when, when when he picks them up for the first time and uh ray's ex-wife is like oh this is scott and then uh the son who he had tattooed <laughs> yeah. earlier is like nice to meet you scott <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you harold vice for the first time meeting you <laughs> I thought that was so funny out of the nine-year-old kid to have the awareness to be like, yeah, I know this guy, but I'm not going (laughs) to. Well, it's a little, it's kind of funny. It's also funny when she's like, are you weird? He's like, no, I'm, he's like, yeah, I'm really weird. I'm so weird. She's like, I feel like a weirdo wouldn't say that. So I'm going to let you take my kids. It's just, but the other thing is like, he, right didn't tell the school he was dropping these children off. Like, what? And that's the thing is like, you can, he also just does it so well, like being, the other thing is, like, when the teacher's like, okay, no, I need you to to sort these crayons or something. He's like, no, no. But then he does it because he just isn't in a... He's like, I don't know. I'm not an yeah. adult, but I'm not a kid, and I don't know what to do. Yeah. So that's the king of Staten Island. <laughs> the only thing left before we get into our rankings is what would you rate this movie? I think I would rate it an 85. Nice. That's That's pretty high. <laughs> I think at first, I when I first started thinking about it, I had a little bit lower, but after we kind of discussed it more and I let it sink sink in, I think mm-hmm. the problem is when I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, how is it marketed? And it's marketed as this comedy and it's Judd Apatow, you know, like you just think of all the other things he's done. And I was kind of expecting it to be more like Trainwreck because it is very similar that it's based on experiences from Amy Schumer's life and she does put a lot of things that she is you know, been through in relationships before in it. But that movie was more of a, it was kind of a rom, a little bit of rom-com, but mm-hmm. mostly comedy. Yeah. And it was very, you know, based on comedy. Whereas I feel like this is a comedy, but 
I don't know, it's just a little different. So I was think I was expecting more of that. And so if I thought when I first started thinking about it, I was like, oh, well, it's not what I expected. But after talking about it more, I think I like it a lot more than I initially mm-hmm. thought. And I think it's a really well-made movie. Yeah. I think I land, I, I've bounced around a bit, but I think in 87, yeah. I, I'm the same way. Like I expected it to be something that it wasn't, but I'm pl- like, I'm very pleasantly surprised with what it ended up being. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going to watch it again, like soon. Cause I don't know if I'm going to pay for it again, but I definitely think that I'll watch it you know, with like people who haven't seen it yeah. in a few months because I could see myself watching it again. Just the first hour, man, they just really needed to, if they would have put that into like 20 minutes and just added that time into the part of the movie that got like the ball rolling down the hill. Yeah. That would have been so much better. I could have seen myself giving this a much higher score. A much higher score? You don't have much more to go. Mm, I mean, I could see it. Like the back half of the movie is something that from like a mid nineties, like... No, like, I get that in high 80s, there's not a lot more room to go, but, like, it could have been, like, a mid-90s okay. thing. I, I just, I like the back half of the movie. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our top five. This week's top five is going to be top five Judd Apatow movies. Yeah, and for those playing at home, we did anything that, or keeping score at home because there, there's going to be someone who's going to be like Judd Apatow didn't direct that movie well if he has a production credit on the movie we count as a Judd well, Apatow and it movie. usually like it'll say like a Judd Apatow yeah. or an Apatow production or something like that so I and it always is the same fonts yes you know like yeah I think it's Apatow Productions is yes the company. so if it's by that you know we count it I consider these movies yeah him okay I, yeah so <clears throat> Uh, do you want to start with honorable mentions? If you have any, if not, it's fine. I don't know. I keep like, this is the first time usually, you know, we've had really hard ones like rom the rom-com one and stuff, but this is the first time I like literally have four that I'm like flip-flopping between mm-hmm. and I don't know. Why don't Here, you go first, let me go first so I can just okay. figure this out. So to start off, I have two honorable mentions and that is pop star Never Stop Stopping, I think is the full title. Yeah. And then... I've never seen it. Uh, the other one is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I love both of those movies. I just couldn't find a spot to fit them on. I'm starting my honorable mention. My honorable mention is going to be... Which, actually, this was going to be at number four, so I don't know where I'm going. I just, like, literally can't figure out my four and five. My honorable mention is going to be Trainwreck, which is really surprising to me that I've changed this because I really do like that movie. But I don't think it's the best movie. There are like the the thing is they have great jokes and great little like sketch comedies. But the storyline is literally ripped off from from Title is Guy in Ten Days, as most Amy Schumer content is. But the jokes are hilarious. So I really enjoyed Trainwreck. It's not even where close to an honorable mention no. for me. So what I'm going to do is my number five. I'm going to be. Okay, and then also the other one was Pineapple Express, but I know that's going to be higher on John. So that was going to be my other one. Not on my list. Oh, it's not on your list. Okay, I thought it was going to be. So oh, maybe I should have made it number five. Okay. <laughs> I'm having so much trouble, but okay. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to say that my number five is Pineapple Express because it is a great movie. I haven't, I've only seen it once or twice and I haven't seen it in a long time, but I think it still has a very big, uh, what's it called? Impact on me <laughs> comedically. I think there's some great and like the 
I will always remember like certain scenes in that movie and yeah. I think he was it was just a good it's a good comedy. So I'm gonna keep that at number five and yeah, I'm dead. Go. Okay. Uh my number five is King of Staten Island. I did not expect it to land in my top five, but then when I kind of wrote everything down, I was like, I really enjoyed this movie and I could see myself watching it. Kind of my barometer for this is how likely am I to rewatch it or how much do I want to rewatch it? And I was like, I kept thinking like, I want to watch that again. So that's my number five. Yeah. Uh, My number four at one point was going to be Forgetting Sarah Marshall. (laughs) It is now gone. (laughs) off the list which is actually i've grown a lot because i didn't like that movie as a kid and now i like it after we watched it for this podcast so i'm growing guys but it got kicked off again because i'm going to put the king of Staten island on there after talking about it so much and letting it sink in i think i realized how much i did like it because at first when you're making this film you're like oh i just want to put the movies like i love the most and obviously when you first watch a movie you don't love it immediately so yeah I it's now my number four I think too because like it's different yes and I like how different and, it is. and some of these movies I love them but they fit a mold and it that one just stuck out yeah so my number four is Anchorman I think that this movie really holds up some people don't like it as much because of how much it got memed but I watched it I like four months ago it really holds up I don't know I this is surprising because I really like Will Ferrell. Like, I'm a big... I'm a Will Ferrell fan for sure. I thought this movie wasn't, like, bad. But I didn't think it was, like, that good. I thought my favorite character was Steve Carell and Paul Rudd. And it wasn't even Ron Burgundy. And I just thought they were so ridiculous. I just think the movie was too well, ridiculous. Everyone's ridiculous. I don't know. I... I, but that's just what I feel. But no, I also, but, but, but one I of my get, movies on this list are like, is known as one of the worst and like most ridiculous movies ever. Well, so, so, but I get your argument in that it's ridiculous. And when they're arguing all the time, oh, I'm like, no, but stop. it's like, so it's a scene, like, your whole argument on why it doesn't work is why people hated the sequel. It's because they try to do the same thing and it just, it just, I it, will not watch the sequel. It only works in a certain combination yeah. of characters and script and but i'm i literally did it i do have to admit though i did a spit take when i love lamp happened like i was like i don't even think i love lamp is the best part i think the i think the bit of him he'll read anything you put on a teleprompter oh yes that is hilarious and when he says like go f yourself san diego (laughs) and it's like the aftermath where like he doesn't even realize what he does he did because it's so ingrained in his subconscious where he's just like oh great show tonight and everyone in the studio is just their jaw is dropped. I die at that. And it, it has nothing to do with Will Ferrell saying it. It's everyone reacting. Yeah. But I can see your argument. It's absurd. It is absurd. Okay. Um, my number three, right? We're at three? Yes. My number three is Talladega Nights, The Tale of Ricky Bobby, known as like one of the worst. I don't know. I It was a movie that I watched all the time in middle school and high school <laughs> And I can literally quote the whole thing for you. I will quote the whole thing for you if you ask me to. But I just think it's the one of the funniest things ever. Like, oh my God. It's so good. 
I'm gonna match you like a spider monkey. <laughs> I like to imagine my Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt, and he. <laughs> you're messing up the lines. You I can know, quote the whole movie. And you're messing I up know. the lines. Well, he's like, I'm in the. I like to imagine my Jesus playing lead guitar for Leaner Skinner, and I'm in the front row, and I'm hammer drunk. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hold off thoughts on Talladega Nights. Oh, you are? Yeah. Right, it's, it's on my it's list later. Oh, yeah, wow. I thought list. it wasn't going to be on your list. Well, so my number three is one that I'm certain is not on your list. And that is um, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Have you ever seen that? No, it looks so stupid. So, I mean, you've seen Walk the Line, obviously. Yes, I love that movie. Just Duh. Walk Hard is just like a parody version of that. And it's John C. Riley's really good. And... Like, is it stupid? Yeah, it's dumb. But it's another one of those Apatow movies that is, like, a little different than his normal... It's not, like, the physical comedy that you get with, like, Step Brothers or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's good. And there's a scene... <laughs> there's a scene that is now, like, kind of a meme, but also kind of not. And it's, like, Dewey Cox is at a party, and he walks into the bathroom. And, like, Tim Meadows... I forget what his character name is, but, like, him and three other people are, like, doing coke, like on the toilet seat and Dewey Cox is like very oblivious like what's going on in here guys and (laughs) Tim Meadows just like you don't want none of this just get on just get on out of here now it's like (laughs) it's so funny it's so stupid it sounds dumb (laughs) you'd probably enjoy it uh okay my number two is Bridesmaids not on my list I not a big fan (laughs) really I think it's because you're a boy it just it just doesn't, I don't, okay, you can talk and then I'll explain my position. I think it is one of the best comedic casts in a, like a group of comedic comedians, not just because they're women, just in general, like the group chemistry of that movie is amazing. And it's, I mean, they're just so funny. So, I mean, Melissa McCarthy was like, performance is gold. Gold, John. So, like, okay, here's my thing. I don't... I'm gonna retract. I don't hate that movie. I don't think that the jokes land for me in ways that they do f- for other people. Like, do I agree that the cast is good? Yes. I don't love Kristen Wiig in that movie. Um, I don't love the the like pooping in a wedding dress in the middle of the street thing okay but the part where like the part where they're in the dressing room and she's like move move and then she's in the she has to get and she has to shit in the sink like oh my I god just, it just i was dying like i don't know and they're like, that movie like just the, <laughs> it's so like don't do it don't do it i'm gonna go back to like the very beginning of the episode when we said comedy subjective that movie i've never watched and i just don't laugh as hard as other people oh my god the first time i watched it like i was dying oh it's like and then the just the end with wilson phillips and they're just getting so i mean like i probably need to watch it again because it's been years i mean i do think I will say, I don't think it's a chick flick. Like, I do think that they, that just because they're women comedies, like, it's not, it shouldn't be, like, known as a chick flick. But obviously it is about bridesmaids. And 
about a wedding and like a bride and so some of the things they do talk, there's some jokes that obviously will not land for a man because you don't have to go through the things that they're talking about yeah if that makes sense yeah it does i mean i mean it's i probably just need to watch it again and see it through new eyes or something but, but melissa mccarthy amazing you cannot say that. i don't even she's remember i don't remember her part from that movie the dogs where she takes all the puppies home and she's like heel 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 she like took 20 of them home wait okay i do remember that but why and then when they're in the when they're in the uh they're in the airplane and she's like you're the she's like okay so you're the you're the fire marshal. Oh, the, the fire marshal. No, the air marshal. The air marshal. Sorry, she's like you're air. You're the air marshal, and he's like, no, I'm not. And then she puts her like leg up. She's like, you feel that heat coming from my undercarriage? Like, come on, I die. That's she's- her husband, right? In real life. Yes. <gasps> so funny. Okay, I'm gonna rewatch it. I need to find a streaming service that has it. It's somewhere. Or pay for it. I, I think know. it's on HBO. Actually, might be. Okay. Well, my number two is a movie Anna talked about already, and that is Talladega Nights. I can't believe that was so high on your list. I didn't know you loved it. I like it way more than another Will Ferrell movie by Judd Apatow that I think is on your list. I don't even know who you are. Okay, go. Okay. Yeah, that's my number two. Everything Anna said, uh, in particular, I love the I don't know what to do with my hands. (laughs) Just stupid stuff like that. Or or I think about these scenes and I laugh. Like I can't stop laughing. Their family their family prayer being sponsored by uh Powerade. (laughs) By Powerade by (laughs) by Bloom by Mystic Mountain Blue. I think what's the he says like we're contractually obligated to mention Powerade in every family group. It's delicious, (laughs) makes me feel so hydrated. (laughs) Like is it stupid? Yeah, it's dumb. But do I laugh every time I see that movie? Absolutely. <laughs> I just keep thinking of different parts of it. Also, I'm not even going to start. Also, um, I forget the guy that he races against, but he, when he's drinking a cappuccino while racing against him is hysterical. Or no, Come, macchiato. Yeah. We spilled my macchiato. <laughs> Come here, Pepe Le Pou. <laughs> oh, it's real nice. I got a target. <laughs> real nice. Got on sale. Okay, well, okay. moving on. I just can't believe this isn't even on your list, John. Are you okay? That it's on my list? This is not on your list. What, your number one? Yeah, what is it? I'm assuming your number one stepbrothers. Yes. How is that not? I, I have gone on record on this podcast saying that stepbrothers is not as good as people think it is. I watched stepbrothers, we watched stepbrothers two months ago in like or not more than two months ago in like february and you were dying at it and it's okay step brothers is okay i could watch that movie it's every okay. month and laugh every time there are there are like four scenes i really like and there's a lot of okay in between the catalina wine mixer genius the uh like the first 10 minutes of the movie with like the wedding about like i told you how many times i don't want salmon like that's genius the scene anything with Derek genius Derek is great Derek but Adam a, Scott is but there's prime. a lot the the scene where they fight on the lawn that people diet that's stupid oh my god John it's so funny it's, like, it's not that like, funny at one point no 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 no, no 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 that's after that's I know done. but then <laughs> come on he's like ah! like at one point I heard my grown son sit, yell rape he's like I seriously thought at one moment he was going to rape me Okay, so talk about why you like Step Brothers, not why I don't like Step Brothers. I, like, like, it's just 
so funny. It is honestly one of my favorite comedies, and I know people think it is so stupid, but that is why it's so good, and it's just the most genius, dumb concept. This whole concept of, like, these middle, like, stepbrothers, like, middle-aged men who are still children, and... I think again, like those two, um, John C. Riley and and Will Ferrell, right? That's, yeah, yeah, they are gold. Like it's perfect, the two of them together, and the cast is perfect. Like Adam Scott, like I don't know, it's just hilarious. Like the things, like the bunk beds are so funny. All of the scenes when they're trying to get people like not to buy the house, when the scene when they become best friends after they hate each other. When they're watching Shark Week and they're like, oh man, nice. Like, So, once again, this goes back to my thing. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think that it's not... Like, it was on my honorable mentions. You told me not to mention it, though, because it was on your list. So Because you had five honorable mentions. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I'll watch it. I just don't think it's this, like, groundbreaking comedy. It may not be groundbreaking, but it's hilarious. I can go, like, a year or two without watching it, and it's fine. No. But that's your number one. You're entitled to your opinion. Thank you. Because, uh... I have taste. My number one is arguably the greatest teen comedy ever made, and that is super bad. I honestly, like, need to watch it again because I haven't Ugh. seen it. I've seen it once. It is... So, okay. I, I don't fir- remember it. I first saw it when I was, like, 13, 14 years old. I don't remember when it came out exactly first time i saw it i was like this is funny but i don't you don't there's a lot of it you don't get because it's about teens but it it's more so adult i have gone back and rewatched it probably every six months for the last like five years then why haven't we watched it together i've offered before and you'd be like i don't want to watch it <laughs> okay the, like the fact that it has something as culturally relevant as mclovin i yes. mean that's like his his fake ID is everywhere. his fake ID from Hawaii and it's like is that your first or last name it's just my name <laughs> and like the scene where Jonah Hill's trying to buy alcohol and he envisions like mugging an old lady to do it or like seducing her I mean there's just similar to you with stepbrothers like how you say there's all these iconic scenes and stuff Superbad has all those too yeah and it's like is it absurd yeah it is but it's the teen comedy that people are literally trying to make still. Like, last year, Booksmart came out, and that was marketed from the minds behind Superbad. It's it's a movie that people are still trying to recreate, yeah. and it's really hard to do. I think they do. did a good job it's for Booksmart. I still haven't see seen it. it, but... I really liked it. I think it was it was really cute. It was it was funny. There were some, yeah. like, hilarious scenes, but it was good. But yeah, my number one is Superbad. You should watch it soon. Yeah, maybe we should watch it together. Yeah. Soon. And then I'll report back next week. I don't know if it's on a streaming service, so. Well, those are our top five. I would love to hear other people's opinions. I would love, you know, maybe we'll do a a poll and say which one's better, Step Brothers or Superbad. Like, which one do you like more and see what comes out. I feel like you're going to get Superbad as the answer because that's like the more like normie pick. We should try. I want to do it. We're going to do it. Okay. So we're going to do that on friday friday (laughs) you guys are probably not even going to be listening to this by the time after this happens but if you're listening to this on thursday or friday make sure you vote for that poll so we can see which person is correct maybe maybe whichever movie wins the loser 
we'll do that in like a few weeks. Like whatever movie loses, we'll watch that and see if it changes the opinion. No, because I haven't. I want to see Super Bad. Okay, so never mind. No. Bad idea. Bad idea. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. We hope that you either have watched the King of Staten Island and enjoyed this episode, or after listening to this, makes you want to watch it because I think it is a really good movie and it is worth the twenty dollars, in my opinion. Yes. And if you do pay for it, though, maybe watch it with a couple people. Just it's a good movie to watch. Comedy is always better to watch with other people. Yeah. Watching a movie by yourself that's supposed to be funny, I find you don't laugh as much. No. I think it's good to... Movies to watch by yourself are like dramas that are like... Yeah. Sad. <laughs> and you can just be in your feelings. You don't have to like have other people watching you while you cry. That's how I am personally, but that could just be me. I always... Yeah, I do agree that comedies are always funnier. You gotta watch Step Brothers alone or like The Hangover. Like, you know, you don't watch those movies alone. Correct. They're way funnier when you're with someone that you can just like sit there and be and laugh together. Yeah. About. But thank you everybody for listening. Uh, let us know, like vote on that poll, like Anna said. Uh, let us know if you did watch King of Staten Island, what you thought about it. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Yes. See you next week. And I cannot believe that this is our 10th episode. Oh so, my god, we went this whole time and we didn't mention that. I know, but this is our 10th episode, everyone. I'm sure you know that because it says that in the description. But I cannot believe we've been doing this for 10 plus weeks because we skipped a week. Yeah. But it's really cool to be able to get this far and make this podcast a reality. So thank you so much for listening. And yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Bye. Bye. You gotta get your shit together. Time is passing by very quickly. Why do you think I smoke weed all the time? So I can slow it down.